Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. Are you in the growth phase of your private practice journey? If so, you need to listen to today's episode, which features two coaches from the Grow Your Private Practice program, Adrian Fuller and Tommy Teshima. Both of these amazing private practitioners sat down with me on Facebook Live to share five tips for growing a successful private practice, and they didn't hold back. They talked about marketing and finances, hiring, and navigating the ups and downs of private practice, and how to decide if you're ready to leave your job and go full-time in your own private practice. If you want support to grow your private practice, either because you're planning to leave your job soon and you want to hit the ground running, or you've recently gone all in on your practice and you want help with marketing and systems and finances and hiring, we can help you. Head on over to growyourprivatepractice.com to learn more about the GROW program and how we support our students and the results that we help our students achieve. But first, I want you to hear from our amazing GROW coaches, Adrian and Tommy. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here with our very special guests, two coaches from the Grow Your Private Practice program. We have Adrian Fuller and Tommy Teshma, and I cannot wait to have them share their stories about how they grew their private practices. They can talk about how they started them too, but we're really focused tonight about growth. And they're also going to share five tips about growing your private practice, right? So we've helped a ton of people get started in private practice. And now we're doing a lot of help getting people to grow their private practices. Mm -hmm. So if you are in the growth phase, this is a very special episode for you to listen to. If you're watching us live on Facebook, go ahead and say hi in the comments and type the word grow if you want help to grow your practice. If you are listening to this on the podcast, send me a message on Instagram. I'm at independent clinician with the word grow 
and we can talk about how we can help you grow your practice. Mm -hmm. So I thought that we would get started tonight um, with y'all kind of sharing a little bit about your practices and kind of how you grew them. Um, Adrian, would you be okay to go first? I'm always okay to go first. My name is Adrian. My practice is called Speech Builder Speech and Occupational Therapy. It's located in Central Florida in a little town called Apopka. And I'm a 10-year vet, so I started 10 years ago. And I was really, really, it was me and only me for a really long time. And then I just slowly kind of grew and I like I, I hired an assistant and then she was kind of like a student. So I, she went away and then it was just me for a while. And then I hired a speech student who was my assistant who eventually also became like a therapist. And we just, I hired, started off by hiring my friends and that had worked that I'd worked with in the schools. Cause I'd worked in the schools and the sniff. And so I did that. And, you know, I was, a mobile practitioner. So I didn't have a space or anything. And, and then I always say like, one day I went to a little kid's house and the dog came after the pit bull came after me. And I was on the second floor of an apartment building. And she was like, don't run. I was like, I found an office like the next week. So that was my clue. And we, we kind of grew from there. Then we, we rented one room and then we rented the second room and then we were out of space and we were in our place now and we're out of space there. And so to date, we have 15 people that work plus myself for us. And we are adding a little new addition. I just found out today to our family. Um, one of our therapists has gone into labor. And so it's like so excited. I didn't know I was going to get so excited. I was like, who am I? So it's like really cool to see people I don't know, like what, what we do, it's already great. Cause we, for me, I specifically help kids talk and communicate, which is already really rewarding, but it's even more rewarding to help young women specifically live on a wage that they earn from something that I created. And that is to me, I don't know, Jenna, like, is that mind blowing to you too? Like, you're like, oh my gosh, I pay people and they, sustain themselves. So it's like, it's really cool. And it's really now there's been bumps along the way. I'm, I'm never, ever shy about saying or talking about the bumps. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do really love it. And, it, you know, we get the good times and the bad times. But this is awesome, man. Yeah, I love that. And yes, there are definitely bumps in the road. And that's just kind of par for the course, right? Like mm -hmm. you kind of have to, you know, if you want to be able to have a private practice that, you know, that pays for your life and for that of your, you know, employees, contractors, etc. Mm -hmm. Like, you gotta have some skin in the game, you gotta, mm -hmm. you gotta take some of those risks to make it happen, right? Like, mm -hmm. one of my favorite sayings is, you know, without risk, there's no reward, right? And so mm -hmm. if you want to have those rewards, mm -hmm. you have to take some calculated risks, but it's but it's really worth it. Right. And Ooh. so that's, that's, and I, I love, I want to go back to something. I know you didn't say this on this call, but I've interviewed you lots of times and we're, we're good friends too, but you mentioned how you really wanted to have a place where your employees were earning like a good wage, right. That you wanted to be a good boss. Right. Very true. And I always say uh, that one of those, uh, one of, I don't, I don't have to go into specifics, but one of my, longest employees ended up going 
leaving us and going to the schools to work. But she said something and she was like, if I left my husband, I, I couldn't make it myself on what I get paid here. And after that, it's like been game on ever since uh, because I don't know that that struck. I don't know. That hit me a little different. And it's really important. And even like even to this day, I struggle with, you know, we want to make the revenue and we want to keep the revenue. But at the end of the day, the people that work for you got to be able to live and sustain themselves. And so that's huge for me. I love it. It's been so awesome to watch you grow your practice over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, and for Tommy, you know, I really watched you start your practice, right? You started mm -hmm. in the Start Your Private Practice program. You and literally so watched it start. Like I you literally did. <laughs> Tell people about that story because you also have kind of an interesting story about starting and growing your practice. Yes. I'm Tommy Tushima and I want to be Adrian Fuller. Ah, um, so <laughs> that's really that's really it. Um, just side note, I did listen to Adrian's podcast while I was in the process of starting my private practice, her episode with you, and I was like, <laughs> now we're friends and it's fantastic. Um, so I started my private practice because I was laid off from the schools, not during COVID. This was in a pre-COVID days. It's like pre-Hanks Wilson. They had not had COVID yet. Like it was, you know, it was like a long time ago. So I started my private practice at that point in time because I live in a highly competitive area. Like it's wild here. Um, and I knew that the odds of me getting a job somewhere else were pretty low. So I was like, well, I always wanted to do this. This is probably the time. Um, I'm actually coming up. Uh, when is it? When is May 1st? Is it Sunday? Sunday. That's our third. That's my third birthday. That's <gasps> is coming up this week, which is kind of crazy. Um, the, the toddler, toddler practice, definitely um, thrown some tantrums lately, but it's all right. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart, but I love it. Um, so anyway, I run a, a small sized private practice in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I was a solo practitioner for a long time, actually, until I, it was June last year. I hired a friend of mine to come and do some contract work. Um, but I hired on my first W-2 employee in October. And then I hired on my second W-2 employee in January. Um, and it's been full steam ahead. It's been super wild. Um, like Adrian, I was mobile for a long time. Um, and then COVID hit. And, you know, like I'm not tracking house to house. Um, so I went teletherapy for a while. And then I got my first office space um, in June of last year. And June this year, we're moving into a new space that is much bigger and much more conducive to uh, speech therapy. So I'm very excited about that. Um, currently, we have two W2 speech pathologists and I have an assistant. Wow. Happy Administrative Professionals Day, by the way, like to Happy. all the admin professionals who are running it out there. Couldn't do my job without mm, gotcha. mm -mm. Oh my gosh, like truly. Um, and so we're very excited to keep building this team. We're doing some really great stuff. Um, yeah, and that's just kind of where we are now. Well, and I love that, right? The same thing, like you, I mean, it, you're only three years in, right? Just at three years in. And you've also been able to grow a pretty awesome practice in, like you said, in a competitive area, you know, you've got some awesome employees, you're able to do different types of therapy, right? You do, you know, pediatrics and then also um, voice also, mm -hmm. right? And so I think that's really cool to be able to have like a couple of different niches too, and just to be able to grow the kind of practice 
that you want to have like for you personally, as well as obviously for the people who you serve in your community. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things before we kind of get into the tips, I often use the term the messy middle to talk about like kind of like the messy stages of growth. Right. And so if you think of someone who's kind of coming out of the starting phase, right, they've got their first client, maybe they have the first couple of clients and they're starting to gain traction, right? They're starting to get more phone calls, more inquiries, and you know they may be still in a job, right? They still may have a job in the schools or the hospitals, and they're trying to figure out, oh my gosh, how do I possibly grow this practice while I still have this other job, right? And they're really feeling like they're in this messy middle stage. You know, what kind of um, advice would you give to somebody who was kind of navigating that part of this journey? I would say, well, you know me, it's never just one thing, guys. It's never just one thing. I would say, first of all, it's okay. Claudia Davidson always says, we're playing the long game. Uh So there's always, like when you start, there's always this, oh my gosh. And then this group, our groups are so amazing. Like I've never been in communities where we're just so like sharing wins and cheering people on. And sometimes when you see other people's wins, you're like, well, well, th- can I curse on here? Yeah. You'll say like, well, damn, where are my clients? And 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 I just want you to know, it's okay to say, I'm going to have this as a side business for a while until I get those systems in place, until I really get a feel for this. It's okay to just chill out and do that. Um, but if you're ready to make a move, because for me, this the schools were kind of grating on my soul. God love them. I love the schools. I love what they did for me. But at the end, it was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, then just know that you're going to have to start to, you know, get ready, change your mindset and know it's something you can do. You have to first say that. Um, and and that's my biggest thing, because if you don't even if you're not even sure you can do it or you're not sure that it's for you. But play that long game. For me, it's the long game. Sometimes I was in such a rush to get to the next place mm-hmm. that I really didn't appreciate like, oh, wow, I have a full time job and I have access to all these tests and materials that I can preview on my patients while I'm I'm doing this. Or I'm I you know, it, I didn't really get that. And then you're like at the next place and you're like, wait a minute, that place wasn't so bad. So I'm a little nostalgic. Yeah, I love that. Um, what about you, Tommy? What advice would you give to people who are like kind of in that maybe transition phase of thinking like, do I go all in on my practice or do I like kind of stay like in my safe space at my job? Um, well, I will just tell you from personal experience, a safe job is not always a safe job. I just want to throw that out there Ooh, to all of you. Yeah, that's facts there, Tommy. I mean, obviously I got laid off from a school job and not a recession. This is not 2008 yeah. um, and not during a pandemic. So, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't just me. It was, there were several of us. So a safe job is not a safe job. Number one. Number two, I, the messy middle is just like, it is just such a hard place to be. In fact, I called Adrian while mm-hmm. it was at the start of this, like having a meltdown because it's, it's really hard to be in that spot. Like if I don't quit this, I can't grow this, but I can't grow anymore 
because this is taking up too much of my time. You know what I mean? So it's like, you got to pick. Um, my advice to you is just to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Just to go for it. Um, because living in that space is too hard to live in forever. I mean, you, and it'll, it, this too shall pass. Um, but you're never going to know what you can do unless you actually do it. So that's good. That's Thank good. you. It's hard to be in two different places, right? And you're kind of like straddling like two different worlds, right? Mm. And we learn in grad school that there's no such thing as multitasking, right? Like you can't, you can't live in two spaces at once uh, and do well at both. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's up to you what you want to do, but you know, private practice is the jam. And if this is kind of the decision time for you, just do it, jump on in, just do it. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of people making this decision now, especially mm-hmm. school SLPs, right? Just because oh, of yeah. where we are, we're, we're recording this at the end of April. And so people are really thinking about the summer. They're, they're maybe having to sign contracts, really thinking about, am I coming back mm-hmm. in the fall, right? And so this is a really unique time where people are like, let me see if I can grow this caseload over the summer mm-hmm. and like maybe not come back, right? And so I think that, you know, there's just different times of the year where people are kind of making these decisions, right? At the beginning of the year, it's kind of like, okay, it's a new year. Maybe this is going to be my last year, you know, like in the schools or whatever. But then people Mm -hmm. also kind of think that different, like during IEP season is probably another time when people are thinking that, right? And then like maybe during the summer, Mm -hmm. people are like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go back, right? And so, you know, I think that there's lots of different times where people are, are really thinking about this. And at some point, just kind of need to make a decision. Like you can always go back to the schools, right? You can yes. always go back to a hospital. Ooh, yes, you can. You can. Oh, we're ooh, we're gonna talk about that. You can. I was gonna say that. I was really gonna say that because I'm like, we're speech therapists. There's like a shortage everywhere. So even if you do it and you try it, at least you know you try. Like my thing is. I ne- I'd rather have like, man, I'm kind of wish I hadn't done that than I wish I had done it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I'd just rather try it at this point and, and find out than keep pussyfooting around. Also, you can always go back to a school or a sniff as your own contract. Yes. I'm just saying. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. Continue, sorry. No, but it's totally true, right? Like you can you can always go back, right? And they will gladly always. take you back, right? They'll yeah. gladly take you back. Um, but you might not want to go back at that point, right? Like mm-hmm. I've so many people, you know, whether they're in the Grow Your Private Practice program or other people I know have said that. Like I knew I had the safety net, but once I was established, once I had moved along, like there was no looking back. Like I couldn't imagine having a boss anymore, right? Or having mm-hmm. someone else set my hours or set my rate, right? And so I think that's also a really cool thing when you get to that other side and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't even want to go back. Like someone in one of the comments the other day said that you couldn't pay me a million dollars to go back to my school job, right? Because she's like, I'm, you know, I have so much more flexibility. I, you know, I'm making the kind of money I want to make. Like I'm really happy. And you literally couldn't pay me to go back to my other job. And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, like I was so proud of her. That's awesome. And can I just say one thing? Because when I was in the super messy middle, I actually did go back to the schools if I'm under my own contract. But I was like, bump this. I'm just going to do my I'm just going to go back to the schools because this entrepreneur thing is so hard. That lasted for like four days, but I had already committed for the school year. So I I walked it out. But 
either way you can, that's the beauty of what we do. That's the beauty of life. You may feel like you don't have choices. You always have a choice. So even if you're like, I'm putting this thing on pause, I'm going to go back. You could, private practice will always be there. Your school job will always be there. You could do a combo. I mean, just the possibilities are endless. It's not like speech pathology is the kind of field where you're pigeonholed to one thing forever either. So like, I mean, you can literally make so many different things work for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So just know that when you're making these decisions, very few things in private practice are set in stone. I mean, there may be some like tax things you might need some like help getting out, you know, like if you set something up or maybe, I don't know, but Mm -hmm. it's not like you can't ever revise what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So if you're kind of at this point where you're trying to make a decision, like I'm going to stay here, I'm going to go, I'm going to do my own thing. Just know you can always change it up later if it's not working out kind of the way you're, if you're envisioning it. Yeah, totally. Right. Because you're also your own boss, right. And Mm -hmm. you can make decisions on behalf of your practice. Like if something is not working, you can change it. Right. And so I think that's one of the other things. It's a really powerful mindset shift for people is Mm -hmm. to kind of shift from like the employee mindset to the CEO mindset of like, that this is my company. I'm the one who gets to make the decisions about like my schedule, right? If you need to, uh, you know, um, poor Tommy's dog was, was sick yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, he, yes, he's sick. He had surgery yesterday and well, I'm very lucky to have pretty much the best team of people that work at Duncan Lake Speech Therapy. Um, so I was able to be home all day today and be with my dog. Um, so I, everybody handled everything and just, I was able to make that decision today. So I was very thankful for that. But like, like who's going to give you a day off to take care of your dog if you're working at an outpatient, inpatient facility? Like nobody's going to be like, oh yeah, go take care of your little geriatric dog. No one. So, I mean... It's a great little perk of being a CEO. I'm just saying. Yeah, totally. Right. Being able to, to be in control of those things. So yes. I, I, I love, you know, we, we could talk for forever, right. About all of these things. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to start getting to the tips. Cause I think that it's really important for people to know, you know, who, like what kind of, you know, suggestions do you have for people who are in this growth phase in the messy middle from two people who not only have kind of been through this phase and have grown their practices, but they also support students inside of the Grow Your Private Practice program um, and give them support and information and guidance through this phase of the private practice journey. So we're gonna kind of alternate some of these tips. And our first tip is gonna be from Adrian. And this is gonna be a tip for people who are thinking about leaving their jobs and going full time in their private practice. So for all the people who are thinking about going going ham and going full time from their job, first, as I said before, know it's doable. It is very doable. We see case upon case upon case, the numbers don't lie. And I've I've just never known a speech therapist not to make it out there in private practice. I just, I don't know, I don't know it. But, and I also say, know your numbers. So if you're not a budgeter, I'm not saying you have to be perfect at it, but you should have a pretty good idea of how much you need to cover your bills or cover your, 
way of living, your lifestyle. And so start to say, okay, and I think there's a calculator in one of the one of our in Kajabi or somewhere, but like this is what I need to make, this is how many patients I need to see. So then you kind of have a like a, a goal, like, okay, I know if I can get to, you know, 20 patients a week, I can make that jump. And and just like Tommy said, you don't have to be right there. Sometimes you're like, I just can't do this, these two things anymore. But you want to be as close to that number as you can, because, you know, it is kind of a Murphy's Law thing. You quit your job and then you lose two. Don't even worry about it. You're going to get more. But it is an ebb and flow. So you want to be as close to that number as you can. That That's my my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. I'm definitely, although I'm my math skills are not always great, I am a big advocate about doing the math, running the numbers, mm-hmm. just so that you know, right? That you know how many clients you need to see, what that math is, and then also what, what the potential is, right? Like if you um, have people keep calling you, right? And like you don't have... Right. To see them, well, clearly your services are in demand. So that's also mm-hmm. a really good sign that like you can leave and you can be able to fill that caseload relatively quickly. So, okay. Awesome tip. Love it. The next tip is going to be from Tommy. So this is, um, Tommy, could you share a tip about marketing specifically for people who need to fill their caseload, right? So maybe this person is like quitting their job or about to, and they want to go full time and they know that they need to fill their caseload quickly or someone who has just hired or is about to hire and needs to fill someone else's caseload quickly. Oh my gosh. There are so many different things that you can do. I just need you all to know this. And I've had to do pretty much all of them because I live in this weird little competitive bubble of West Michigan. Um, so mm-hmm. I had to pick for my little basket of tricks here. So I focus mostly on pediatrics uh, at my clinic. We do do gender affirming voice modification. But if you're looking for ways to fill a pediatric caseload, one of the best things you can do to market yourself is talk to daycares. No joke. Offer them a free screening opportunity. You're going to be able to fill your caseload pretty quickly because mm-hmm. even if you screen, let's say 50 kids, I mean, that's like a really, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot um, of kids. That's, okay. Let's say 25. Cause I feel like 50 might be a little unrealistic. Let's say you screen 25 and you get three kids out of that. I mean, that's, you do that a couple of times. That's somebody's caseload. Um, and people are pretty willing to do these sorts of things. Cause it's like, you know, you're doing a community service, like, and you know, you make sure to tell the parents, you know, you don't have to bring them to me. I mean, I'm here, but, um, you know, you're not there necessarily, necessarily just to fill your case when you are doing like a good thing for the community and promoting like early intervention when needed, but it's a great way to fill a caseload. So, um, highly recommend doing that. Absolutely. And plus daycares are a great place to be. I just love them in a general sense. Well, it's thanks too, because not only are you going to maybe capture the, the kids that you're screening, right, who need yes. services, but in the future, right, like when you're not there, right, all of a sudden there's some other kid who has some sort of an issue and they're like, oh, what was that person's name? Oh, Tommy, we, we got to call her. Like, then you kind of become the go-to person mm-hmm. for the daycare, even when you're not physically there doing the screenings. So pre-COVID, this is a thing that I did quite frequently. And there was a daycare locally here that I saw a couple of kids at. And they all knew I was there like on Wednesday mornings. So if parents had questions about their kids' speech, the daycare would tell them, Tommy's here on Wednesday mornings. If you come at this time, she'll be done seeing kids. Um, And so that was really great. 
And even daycares where I just went to see the kid in daycare, I hadn't done a screening there. Once I made that relationship with the providers there, I mean, then they'd be like, oh, can you maybe take a look at this kid if we get permission? You know, it's really mm -hmm. great. So um, mm -hmm. they're a great, they're a great resource to partner with. Love that, right? Being able to kind of do those caseload fillers, as I call it, is really, really important, again, to either fill your caseload or fill the caseload of, you know, a new hire, right? So that you can just get those clients coming in the door, you know, helping more people, increasing your revenue, and just really making your private practice, you know, kind of either start off with a bang, or if you've been in kind of like a, um, a low period, like get those referrals in the door and go back, um, you know, get, get the, what the feast or famine, right? Get, get that feast going again. Right. I, um, this is something that I'm doing even right now, because we're in a bit of a, we're in a bit of a dip right now. So these are things you can always go back to. Like even like how we were talking about earlier. Anyway, sorry, Jenna, I didn't mean to interrupt. But. Yeah, no, that's totally. But but you talked about like a bag of tricks earlier, right? Like yeah. this is the kind of thing that like you get out of your bag of tricks when you need to. And so you can always be infusing these strategies to grow your practice when yes. you do them, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Perfect. All right. Our third tip is going to be from Adrian. And uh, Adrian, this is a tip about finances. Finances, when it comes to finances, I say, of course, it's just a couple of things. But at the end of the day, you want more coming in than you have going out. And I only say that because in the beginning, you know, you go to Target and you buy all the office stuff and you, you know, you want this amazing um, website and you want, you know, to go to a graphic artist and get, you know, your all your branding. And those things are well and good. But in the beginning, I'm not of the, you have to spend money to make money. Now you do have to spend money, but the goal is to have a business guys and not a well, beautifully branded hobby. So if you have the website that will win awards, but no one's, it's not converting people to patients. Think about that because, Hey, you really want, sometimes I'm like, couldn't you have just emailed all the directors or all the assisted livings to let them know you're there? Or couldn't you have just dropped off your forms? Uh, and, and I'm not saying don't do it with excellence and don't have it really beautiful, but just, I just really caution people to really watch the expenses in the beginning. And because in this community, we won't really subscribe to that. Like, well, you got to spend 10,000 to make a thousand. <laughs> no, not like you don't need to. And, you don't need to rent an office in the beginning because you don't know. You may be perfectly just content going from, you may not be scared of dogs and never and never have a pit bull come after you. You may be fine with that and you may go from daycare to daycare and that's great. No overhead, no beast to feed, nothing. So be okay with those small beginnings, but just we want more coming in than we have going out. Yeah. Which yeah, I think is tricky, I, the, the, and that gets a little tricky right in that messy middle. It does, yes. And I'm not saying you. Thank mm. you for the clarification. I'm mm. not saying there's sometimes like I didn't have the money to hire the person. Mm -hmm. I remember the the biller that I have now. I had to negotiate her down, and I said, "Look, my friends are paying. You know, I live in Florida, guys." $13 an hour. You're asking for 19. I can't do that. Can we meet somewhere in the middle? I asked her again, like, 
can't, but I knew in my heart that I needed that service because it was just costing me too much time. So yes, but so yes, if it's costing you time, hey, I can make money doing therapy. You know, like if I'm spending hours doing billing or hours doing, for me, it's the graphics and the social media that really can just hem me up. So yeah, hire that person, but fake it till you make it though for some of those things. Like mm -hmm. I'm saying you don't need the starter kit from Target. And I'm, I'm just saying sometimes like, <laughs> You don't need a 31 bag. You know, you sometimes you got to use that. You got to use what you got. Do the best with what you have to get more. That's mm -hmm. all. Because mm -hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm so passionate. You don't want to do is like you spend all this money and you're in all this debt and you're mm -hmm. like, you end up taking patients you never would have taken before because now you're desperate. Right. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Yeah, that's a that's a tough place to be, right? And so, yeah, I definitely am, am a huge advocate for you know starting off slow and building up and using your income like to roll to um, reinvest in your business and to not take on too many expenses. But at some point, Adrian, you mentioned something really important, which was time, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can really like either build a business, no matter what kind of business it is, mm -hmm. either in time or in money. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a, a time and a place for both of those things, right? Yeah. But you mentioned hiring a biller because that's someone that you can you can pay them, you know, while you are off generating more income mm -hmm. for your practice, right? And so that's a really important point. And I know that Tommy's going to talk about um, hiring here in a second, but I think that's an important point for people to keep in mind is that you know when you're the when you're the bottleneck, right? And you you have too many hats on, yeah. right? Think yeah. about all those hats that people are wearing at the very beginning of their growth phase. You got to start taking off some of those hats if you want to be able to grow. Mm -hmm. And someone just put in the comment, our business cards are good investment starting out. Absolutely. Maybe not, you know, a hundred dollar business cards, but like someone gave me the other night, a plastic business card. I'm oh. like, dude, wow. Not that. Okay. But yes, they're a great, and whatever you think is a great, if you think a great website, but I'm saying a website doesn't have to cost you $3,000. It does not. You may, you just may need a landing page with all your information and, and go and then come back to it. That's all. My website was so ugly. My so website ugly. was orange. My website was orange. Mm -hmm. I, it was bad. I think I have a screenshot of it somewhere. I hope I do. Oh, it's been you redesigned. But it was a hundred dollars. I, you know, you don't need to spend. You just have to have a website so you look. You people don't think you're just like some uh, shell company for something. Like you know, you right. get this legitimacy to you, but mm -hmm. um, it doesn't need to be perfect. And again, you can change it later. So mm -hmm. that's right. And that. then another thing, you know, Adrian, you talked about this at the beginning. It has to do with like profitability, right? That so many people, you know, kind of have started some of our programs, especially the Grow program. And like last year, they just weren't profitable or they didn't make enough mm -hmm. money. They didn't keep enough money. So that's one of the things that I think is really important that we really emphasize with our students is making sure that you are holding on to as much of that profit as you as you can and as you need to in order to pay yourself the salary mm -hmm. that you that you got into private practice to be able to do. Right. Like you want to pay other people well, obviously, but you also want to pay yourself well. Right. That's like the reason why people pursue private practice. Yes, absolutely. 
Okay, perfect. All right, let's go on to tip number four um, from Tommy. So this is a tip for people who are deciding like who to hire. So this is almost going to piggyback on what Adrian said. It kind of, they flow together. So when we were talking about the decision to jump from like your safe, the safe job to private practice, we talked, we both mentioned something about like the financial, like, can you do it financially? Like, what Mm -hmm. do you, you know, make sure Mm -hmm. your numbers are in order and agreed. You need to make sure that you have enough clients. You need to make sure all of that, blah, blah, blah. But your time and your energy is also valuable. So what else could you be doing with that time and energy if you weren't necessarily doing some of the things that could be someone else could be doing? And I'm not just talking about a speech language pathologist. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about a biller. I'm talking about an administrative assistant. Um, I'm talking about a cleaning service. Um, Could you could you spend X amount of money to have someone do that? But then it frees you up so many hours to be able to go and do something that either is generating income or is laying the groundwork to generate income. So, oh my gosh, here we go. I'm going, I'm going deep into this. So for, I, this is like my favorite. So, uh, let's talk about free to focus for a second. For those of you who haven't read yes. free to focus by Michael Hyatt, yes. highly recommend. Very oh, good. Jenna's got the red book. There we go. This was an absolute game changer for me. And I'm really going to do this very simplistically right now. But he does talk about in the book, you know, we kind of have like these four quadrants of tasks in our lives. So quadrant one is like stuff you're really good at and stuff you like. So therapy, that's for me. But quadrant two is stuff that you like, but you're not very efficient at. So um, I want to say that social media for me, but I don't actually like it. Sometimes I like it. So maybe that's a quadrant two for me. Quadrant three is stuff you hate, but you're kind of good at. But maybe bookkeeping. I, I hate it, but I'm kind of good at it. Quadrant four is all the stuff that you hate and you're bad at. Insurance billing for me. Blah. Buy tedium, things that take a long time to do, finding contact information, inputting data, not good at it, don't do well at it, um, and don't like it. So what he suggests in this book is take that quadrant four and how can we outsource these tasks so that you're focusing more on this quadrant one stuff Mm -hmm. and to never poo-poo on quadrant four because your quadrant four might be somebody's quadrant one. That's right. And, And in fact, my administrative assistant and biller her quadrant one is my quadrant four. Mm-hmm. She loves that kind of stuff. So um, is there somebody that can take those quadrant four tasks of yours and do them for you? And maybe this is something like an assistant, but it doesn't have to be a full-time assistant. You know, there are virtual assistants. Um, there are people that are just looking for kind of part-time gigs. Um, you don't have to hire somebody 40 hours a week salaried with benefits in order to do some of these jobs. You can do part-time work or a contract work or um, you could even hire a third party um, company to do this, like a billing company. Um, so just, you know, kind of keep that in mind. My business coach at one point did tell me that he's like, you should probably find someone to do some of these non-therapeutic tasks first before you hire a speech pathologist. But I, when I needed to hire, I needed to hire both. So I ended up hiring both at the same time. But um, anyway, those are just kind of some things to think about. The big thing I want everyone to take away, though, is if you're thinking about hiring somebody and you, you're wondering if it's time, it's probably you probably needed to for a while. Mm-hmm. So probably time to start looking into that. 
guests, right? Like you don't want to wait until you're so overwhelmed that then you don't have time to figure out who to hire, right? You're really just in like, I don't know, trial by fire mode. Like you just can't, you know, do anything. Mm -hmm. One of the things as you were talking, Tommy, it made me think of, you know, how we think about like skilled and non-skilled therapy tasks, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of think of that way for like administrative assistance, Mm -hmm. right? Like is someone doing something that I don't mean to say non-skilled, but there's no skill behind it, right? There is skill behind it, but you don't have to have a clinician doing that, right? And so I think that's one of the other things to kind of think about is, you know, either you don't have to be the one to do these things, like someone has to. And I think especially for people who, like, I'm a real like type B person who like kind of struggles with organization sometimes, like, and I feel like I drop the ball on things. Like, so for me, hiring somebody to do administrative tasks is like the most important thing because you need to like hold on to the money, right? So if you're the kind of person who is like neglecting to follow up on invoices and like not going after like insurance, rejecting like all that kind of stuff, then you probably do need to have an administrative help to make sure that you're capturing the revenue that you're generating and not losing it, right? And so that's that's where having a non-clinical hire can really be important is if you are dropping the ball on things and if you're losing money, right? Don't think about this person as an expense. Think about them as a way to save you time and also hold on to the money that you are generating. And now my assistant right now is actually working on several different projects and she's, one of her projects has been to gather up different lists of providers that do X, Y, and Z private practice pediatricians, uh, gender affirming providers in our area, adult skilled uh, nursing home, I mean, like uh, directors of rehab, like things mm-hmm. like that. And she's compiling all this stuff and it saves me the time to do it, but then I get to call and I get to go run the stuff. So I'm gener- income generating or potentially income generating stuff that she's taking care of a big chunk of it for me. So, I mean, it's amazing. She's also amazing. Shout out Leah. She's, <laughs> she's not shout outs. We're doing <laughs> shout outs now. I love it. <laughs> I love it too, right? so great to be able to love the people who it who, is and right? I, yes that and sometimes they're like in like they play such a valuable role in our lives you do you like i do anything for the people especially that admin team i'm like what do you want how can we get it because it it is finding like that perfect like peanut butter to your jelly kind of person oh, oh it's my really gosh, good. So true i'll literally give you whatever you want yeah. <laughs> it's true because they su- they support you and they support the business. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, again, almost more than the income generation that they help you do kind of indirectly is the time savings. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, yes, Tommy, yes. about like your quadrant one and their quadrant four, you know, whatever. It's like, you know, like me with spreadsheets. I hate spreadsheets. I have no idea how to use spreadsheets, right? Mm-hmm. But the person who helps me in my business with spreadsheets, well, she loves them, right? Mm-hmm. She's like an expert spreadsheet person. <laughs> and shout like out Carolyn. Shout out to Carolyn. Like, I can't do that at all, right? And so we need to find that balance, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, where yes. you can stay in your zone of genius and other people, whether they're on the non-clinical team or the clinical team, right? Like if you have, you know, someone who like specializes in fluency and maybe that's not something you do, but if that's their jam and you get a lot of those referrals, then hire that person to help with like those types of referrals. Your therapeutic quadrants. Ooh, we could go into that later too. Ooh, Ooh that's a good one. Therapeutic. That good I love one. that. I love that. I love that. Y'all should do a training on that and grow. 
that is a good one. Somebody write it down, Rachel. Perfect. Yeah, shout out to Rachel too. Rachel is our program manager for Grow Your Private Practice. Um, I have have one last tip that I want to end with here, which really is about a tip about being ready, right? And kind of, again, we talked about this earlier, but like making that decision about are you ready to grow your practice or not? And I'll never forget, this is a quick story with a mentor of mine who um, she had a program that I was thinking about signing up for, and it was kind of expensive. It was a big investment in myself, a big investment in my business. And I asked her, like, do you think I'm ready? And she looked at me straight in the eyes and she said, you're ready if you believe that you're ready. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. And so I was like, well, then I guess I'm ready. And she's like, okay, then you're ready. And so basically this kind of illustrates that readiness isn't really a feeling, right? People wait to feel ready. And if you wait to feel ready, like you're going to be waiting for a really long time. So I want you to start to think about readiness as a decision, right? It's a choice. You choose to be ready. You decide to be ready. And then you do the things that you need to do in order to make that whole thing happen, right? Like I've never gone skydiving before. But I could imagine, have you, either of y'all gone skydiving? The hard pass. Hard pass, me too. But like the people, I know people who have done it, right? Probably that moment before you jump out of a plane, you're like, well, I don't know if I'm ready for this, right? But like you're in the plane, you're it's time to go, right? And so you decide to do it, right? So that's kind of where this whole like growing your practice thing really is a choice and it's a decision. And some people make the decision to grow their practices and some people decide not to. And there's, you know, do whatever feels best, you know, for you. But at some point, you really do have to make a decision. And mm-hmm. it feels good to make a decision, right? Earlier, we talked about like straddling two worlds, right? You're like kind of in like the, the I'm employed by a school world. And also like I have my own practice world. And it's really hard to be navigating those two worlds at the same time. So at some point, you really do have to decide, am I doing this? Or am I not? And y'all, now is a really good time to be in private practice, right? There is such demand for our services. There are so many people who are going without services and stuck on wait lists. Like now is the time. If you're thinking about doing it, now Mm -hmm. is really the time to to get into this and really to grow your practice. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And it's not like speech pathologists. We're just a bunch of very, um, let's fly by the seat of our pants kind of people. Like if you are... If you are thinking that it's time to make this plunge, it probably is because it's not like you didn't make a giant list about this in your head or on paper and highlighted it. People, hello, we're speech pathologists. Like, mm-hmm. I know how we are because I'm the same way. You've been thinking about this for a while. It's probably time to make the jump. And and when you make the jump, just know it won't be perfect no matter how much planning you've done. And so even for me, I was like, okay, I read Entree Leadership. I'm ready to be a boss. I wasn't ready. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't. It's just like we had to learn how to be speech language pathologists or occupational therapists. We have to learn and, and, and grow in the area of business. But you don't need a business degree to do this. You don't need any of that. You just need the willingness to make the mistake, learn from this mistake, and then move on. I think sometimes we like get caught. That was good, wasn't it? 
Again. Boom! This no, is why because, I want to be you. Yeah, no, because I so many times made them all the I made every mistake, and I used to just beat myself up so much. But all you can do is your best, and hey, I made a mistake. You know, make it right if you can, and then learn from it, and then move mm -hmm. on because that's what makes your business great. Those stories, I mean, those good experiences and those bad ones, but like it makes you the business owner that you are. Yes, a hundred percent. So as you're as you're talking, I also want y'all to share real quick, if you don't mind, how do you support students who are in the Grow Your Private Practice program who are really kind of, again, at this growth stage? Like for, for both of you, what is kind of your specialty within the group in terms of what kind of advice you give and like what what do you love to support students with? Mm -hmm. um, you you yeah, I, for me, I am in... My thing is hiring. I always like to speak to to the group about hiring. I call it the grow gang. And so I like to support you in that. But recently, mindset, because I'm I'm huge on I if I'm not my best self, I can't be a, a really good leader. And so no matter if you like lead a party of one or you're you're a mom and you lead your family, it doesn't matter where where you lead. I want to be the best version of myself. So we like in our groups, we always, I always lately like to hold space for like, how's our mindset? Let's talk about things that are making us mad or sad or anxious. Because I remember that middle time, I was so overwhelmed and so anxious about so many things. Um, so yeah, I like to do that. And then we all like, Tommy and I really love to give great content. Like you're only with us. We only have our live calls twice a, twice a month. And so they, we, they're not just something we're like, Hey, we just hop on and we just kind of pull it out of our booties. We just, we really like, I know I planned, we always like kind of confirm, like talk about what we're going to do because we want to serve the group in the best way we can. So we, we have like a, I always like to do like a session on whatever the, the thing is. Like right now, everybody in the group is working on getting their systems in order. So every month we talk about the system we're working on. I share mine because sometimes you just want to see what other people are doing. And then, you know, the brave ones will say, hey, this is mine and we'll present it. And so we, I like it to be pretty conversational. Sometimes we're a little quiet, but I think they're just all taking it in because you know, in that time, but it's a safe space. Like sometimes I go to groups and it feels like, oh, well, I don't have any hire, so I shouldn't go. It It's you against yourself in, in the grow group. So whether you decide to hire or not, every session that I have, and I know Tommy has, it's for everyone trying to grow their private practice, whether it's solopreneur or you have employees and contractors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Totally. Yeah. All right. What about you, Tommy? So I like Adrian mentioned the mindset piece. The um, somebody just asked a question, Adrian, if you have any books that you'd recommend on mindset, I'll let you kind of noodle on that first. Yeah, let me noodle on that. Um, we do focus on mental health because I think that that is something that in other profession or in other settings that is not necessarily um, focused on, and you're not encouraged to. 
So why did you go into private practice for yourself if you're not focusing on your own mental health while you're doing it? So we do both hold space for that. So um, that happens in every session. I kind of am like, you know, a little bit of the jack of all trades. We talk a little bit about marketing. We talk a little bit about um, secondary streams of income. We've talked about, I had my, when I had a VA, she came to one of our sessions and we talked about what it's like to have a VA. Um, We did talk about systems at one point. Um, this month, I think we're going to either talk about attendance policies or we're going to talk about Ooh. shifting from, yeah, I haven't quite decided. We're talking about attendance policies okay. or we're going to talk like about sh- the shift from full-time to, or from job to full-time private practice. I'm not really sure. I haven't decided yet. Uh, but we do take, um, questions from the group and kind of work on that as well. We do allow people to kind of, um, problem solve a little bit. Uh, during the session if we have time. So, but we do prepare, we mindfully prepare content. Um, it's not just kind of like a gab fest, although we do appreciate that. We are speech pathologists. We do talk. Um, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, we talk about lots of things. We do. So, I'm, uh, mindset book, set boundaries, find peace, Nedra Tawab. Yes. Yes. Ooh, I don't know what color it is, but I have it over there. Nedra Tawab, Nedra and, and she has an amazing social media. Oh, I mean, IG. Oh my gosh, she drops like gems. Yeah. Um, Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud is a good one for me. Um, and then I, I read a lot, but they're like business books. I follow a lot of people that help me with mindset, specifically Rachel Rogers. We should oh. all be millionaires. Well, like that's an awesome book about just shifting your life as far as like how you feel about money and um, and why we feel the way we feel about it is good. I also have I have gotten a lot from Rachel Hollis. I I you know scandal or no scandal, she still drops a lot of bombs. I like great gems. And my new favorite, his name is Darius Daniels. He's amazing in the mindset space. He's actually faith-based, but he is a an amazing business person who really works on like, let's let's talk about the whole, the mindset, why we act the way we act and how we can change it. So those are my three faves right now. Rachel Rogers. I just formed my own networking group because I couldn't find one that fit my needs. So I just started my own okay. and um, I, everybody in my networking group is going to read. We should all be millionaires. We should be oh, required yeah. reading for anybody in the messy middle. It really is very empowering. It is not like one of those overwhelming kind of like business books can be sometimes. It's just yes. very like, Oh, I should be a millionaire. Shouldn't I? Yeah. Yes. Well, and- it's practical too. Like she really shares. Yes. It's not, it's, it's a lot of mindset, but it's also like some practical advice about Very like practical. what you should do in order to um, just move your career along, right. Move your life along. Right. In, in the grow group, we use the hashtag level up as our mm-hmm. like official, like, like win thing. Like if you've got a win, you say, you know, what, what is your level up of the week or of the month or whatever. And people share amazing things, right? Like people are, you know, drastically increasing their income, getting, um, uh, putting in their um, resignations at work, right? Getting more referrals from places that they didn't think they could ever get referrals from, right? Publishing books. Publishing books, right? Giving, um, yeah, doing courses and speeches and stuff, you know, hiring mm-hmm. people. It's like so amazing. And I think one of the things that's really unique is that like there's just not that many spaces especially for people who are in the growth phase, right? Like we have you know, awesome community in the start your private practice program of people mm-hmm. who are in the beginning phase, but at some point, you know, some of those beginners will always kind of stay beginners, 
but some of them don't want to be beginners anymore, right? They're kind mm -hmm. of, I hate to use the analogy of like the, the kiddie pool, but I'll just go with that. Like they want to kind of get out and be like with the other people, right? And I think especially when you're at the growth phase, it is so important to surround yourself with other people who are mm -hmm. like a couple steps ahead of you so that you can learn from, from them and also to see what's possible, right? Because sometimes we can really only think about what we think is possible for ourselves. Yes. And then you meet someone else and you're like, oh my gosh, you have a million dollar practice? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, wow, I didn't even think that was possible for speech pathologists, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's that's the really important thing about the growth phase is to surround yourself with other people who are at that phase for community, for support, for marketing ideas, and for everything else. This is the the course, or this is the group that I needed in January 2021. Yeah. Um, so I'm so glad that it exists because um, it's a weird spot to be, folks. It's a kind of a funky spot to be in. And um, people who haven't quite gotten to that point kind of don't understand that. I feel like kind of the... Uh, the weird stickiness and the stress of that particular situation. Super stress. So, yes. The super so stress. it's good stress. <laughs> mm -hmm. Empowering stress, but stress nonetheless. So um I love this group. I love it for that very reason because it's something that I wish you know would have existed you know a year and a half ago, but that's okay. I'm glad it exists now. Yeah. Well and I'm so glad to have y'all be a part of it, right? Like that's the other thing I think that's really important is to be able to have people who serve as coaches who are out there, excuse me, growing their practices, like, and being able to really speak to like, hey, I tried this and this didn't work, or I tried this and this worked amazingly. Like, let me show you how to do it so that you can do it too, right? Like we have such a awesome community of people who like are collaborators. They love to share what's working, right? Like even, you know, someone today posted about something that she did and she's like, this is what I did. Like y'all should try this too. And all these people chimed in like, oh my gosh, like I'm definitely going to do that. Right. And so that's the kind of environment that you want to be in. Mm -hmm. And that's, that can be really hard to find. Like some of these kind of like networking groups and stuff, especially with private practitioners, it can be a little competitive. Mm -hmm. And like, y'all know that I'm just not a competitive person. And I, I don't like that kind of thing. I really prefer to bring people together in a community who are supporting each other, who are growing together, who are just as happy to see someone else have success as when they have success. And so um, this is the kind of environment that we have, we have cultivated and we have grown and that we're growing. Right. And so, you know, if you've been listening to this episode and you're like, oh my gosh, this sounds like exactly what I need come join us, right? All you have to do is head on over to growyourprivatepractice.com, learn more about the program, learn more about our info sessions where I share information about growing your practice. And then I share a little bit about the program and the results that we help people achieve. And you'll get to know Tommy and Adrian and get to do, come to their coaching calls, right? Learn about attendance policies and and what they should say and how to enforce them even if you feel guilty about it right or like all these kind of other things right like the mm -hmm. systems right like no one's really out there talking about what systems you need in order for your private practice to be successful mm -hmm. like but us right and so that's what we're talking about and that's what you have access to as part of being in this program so again if you want more information head on over to growyourprivatepractice.com or if you have questions about it, send me a message on Instagram, right? I'm at independent clinician. I'd love to talk to you about your practice and where you are. And if this is something that we 
can help you with. So thank you so much, Tommy and Adrian, for being on tonight, for sharing your story, for sharing your wisdom and your tips with our listeners. It was so fun. Thank, thank you. you for having us. All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Bye. Okay. Don't you just love Adrian and Tommy? They've both grown their private practices from nothing into something amazing. Now they have employees and administrative support. They've been in multiple brick and mortar locations because they keep growing. They have systems set up to work more efficiently, and they have stepped into the role of CEO of their private practices. These are the type of people that you want to learn from if you're currently struggling as you navigate the messy middle of growth. The Grow Your Private Practice program was designed specifically for SLPs and OTs who are in the growth phase and either planning to quit their jobs and go all in on their private practice, or they've already done that and they're looking for help with hiring and growing in a steady and sustainable way versus a chaotic and overwhelming way. If this sounds like you and you want to learn more about how we support growth-focused private practitioners who are navigating the messy middle, I invite you to head on over to growyourprivatepractice.com right now to learn more. As always, thank you for listening to the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. We'll be back next week with more tips and success stories about how to start, grow, and scale your own successful private practice. Till then. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT private practice beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.